Why, hello, everybody. Today will be the season finale of a season of podcast episodes that me and my friend Tyler have made. We really have no name still, but I know by the time this will be uploaded, it will have a name. And today we are going to do a little bit of a longer episode. And uh, today we're going to be talking about, as a Jets fan, a really and the downfall of QB Sam Darnold. Now, I'm for those living under a rock, you guys, a quarterback named Sam Darnold, he plays for the New York Jets for now. Um, and uh, overall, he went from being a, a bona fide franchise quarterback in 2018 to being replaced uh, by Trevor Lawrence. Um, and just going over who Sam Darnold is, we'll get into stats in a little bit. Um, but Sam Darnold is a 6'3", 225-pound quarterback. He is most known for his Rose Bowl game at this point since he's really done nothing in the NFL. Maybe a couple of great touchdown passes. Uh, and um, he was drafted third overall by the Jets. And um, since then, it's just been... First year, getting hope. Second year, showing a little bit more, not taking that step, and then where we're at now, which is just another mess. Um, so, just starting with, we're gonna come. What we're gonna talk about with him, obviously, we need the obvious and who he is, where he's drafted, uh, but. First, we're going to talk about what his biggest weaknesses were in college because overall, a lot of those weaknesses stayed with him throughout his career, and we are seeing a lot of those right now in this season, more than we've seen any of his seasons. Uh, Second, we're going to get into uh, what – his rookie year, we're going to get into how promising he looked, how good he looked, and just how ever since then, second year was a plateau and then a straight decline down. We're going to talk about why we, I, and me and Tyler, we think went wrong. And we're going to compare his development to other quarterbacks like Josh Allen. We're going to compare. Josh Allen's probably going to be the main guy because they're both we're kind of in the same boat heading into year three, but now it's just a completely different. On Josh Allen's on a completely different universe, um, and then maybe compare him to developments of guys like Herbert. Even though Herbert is kind of rare because he's not in the best situation, and also Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you know Patrick Mahomes is way more talented, but we're also going to talk about how the Chiefs surrounded him. So. Coming out of college, uh, he was a you know primarily a gunslinger, a uh, guy who could who played better out of uh, kind of he's one of those quarter he was always one of those quarterbacks that always played better when things broken down, like when a guy came rushing, he always knew how to improvise, and uh, you know, and he's and he still did all the other stuff really well. He did not have a definitive physical weakness. That's why he was drafted so high. And many people, including me, had him as a number one quarterback. I don't know what your quarterback's ranking were, Tyler, but uh, you can say where you had him on your rankings. 
Let's see. I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, you pretty much had to have it at him at one. I mean, I guess some could have argued Rosen, I guess. But obviously, Darnold had less of an injury history and and physically was obviously much better than what Rosen and, is. And, and, Mayfield, and just for... Yeah, and then you had Mayfield, who was, you know, kind of like... Like, he was accurate and all, but, you know, he was... He, he always seemed like he was going to be the Jets guy at pick three. Yeah, that's what we all thought. We thought it was going to be Baker at three, if anything. And, honestly, Trevor or Baker, for me as a Jets fan, it's obvious, but... Um, and then Josh Allen, who was a big hit-or-miss prospect at the time. Like, he looks really good now, but at the time, he was a mystery. No one really knew how his NFL career was going to play out. It was more of a... Yeah, physical. Yeah. It was more of a 50-50 ball where his career would end up. Yeah. And luckily, due to the Bills' great front office and coaching staff, his career has gone really well. And uh, we'll get into comparing them later. So my QB rankings were 1, Sam Darnold, 2, Josh Rosen, 3, Baker Mayfield, 4, Josh Allen, and 5, Omar Jackson. Um and so, going into what the Jets... The Jets were in a position, due to Josh McCown, where they didn't... They, they were expected to go 0-16 that year. But due to us being un, kind of underrated for 5-7... and seven, I mean, not 5-7, and 5-11. and 11, uh, We made it to 5-11 and 11 after many people thought we were going to go, like, 0-16, 2-14... And uh, kind of proved them wrong. Still five and eleven, but kind of exceeded expectations. And then they put the Jets in a really uncomfortable situation where the quarterbacks that the Jets wanted, which I believe the Jets really like Darnold, Rosen, and some Mayfield, and, and they also actually no, I think they liked Allen, Mayfield, and Darnold. Obviously, Darnold was the best one on that list, and then I think they liked Mayfield. Um, so, and then the Jets, they made a trade with the Colts to move up. Yeah, they gave up their sixth pick, and they gave up three seconds, I want to say. Yeah, we will, uh, we're going to look up those picks right now. Yeah, I want to say one of them was 34th overall, um, um, Right here. So, the picks that the Jets traded were – I can name them right off my head. We got a extra f- second from a Sheldon Richardson for Jermaine Kirsten, a second deal. So, it was a first from 2018, which is our first. A second from that year, which is our second. A second from Seattle that year that was with us. And a second from 2019. And those picks were Braden – I'm not going to count Quentin Nelson because he would have been the pick anyways – yeah, well, kind of stopped to count him, but he's not as big. Uh, Braden Smith, who is in a who, who I'd say he's definitely an above average to elite yeah. right tackle. Yeah, very. Kamoko Ture, who is okay, I guess he's not. I mean, he's probably insane. I just don't really know too much about him. Uh, and Rock Yasin. I love uh, that name. <laughs> yeah, Rock Yasin. Yeah, who's so, whatever. 
Yeah, so just with the guys, Quentin Nelson and Braden Smith alone and Kamoko Ture, that's already automatically a big deal. Yeah. And a win by them just for how Darnold's career played out. And it's kind of interesting because they might be a team that gets Darnold, but we'll get into where we think they'll go after. And then going into Darnold's rookie year, this will kind of – actually, no, before we get into that, what his prospects, his his grades – or not his grades, what he – what his pro, pros and cons were – where he pretty much checked every physical box. He had a good arm. He had a good speed, good size. He had everything. But a lot of his problems, and it's still happening today, were his footwork, which is kind of sidelined compared to what I think his worst trait is, decision-making, and and just fumbling it. Fumbling hasn't been that bad, but the decision-making has been bad. So he went into the Jets – not in the worst situation, but definitely not in a good one. He had Jerry, Jeremy Bates as his offensive coordinator, who definitely was a bigger influence than Todd Bowles was. Um, and uh, so I remember uh, his first game, he rolled out to the left. His first throw, he rolled out to the left. And this is also – we'll get into why this game is pretty much – because this game, he looked better in this game in his first game as an NFL starter than he does now, which is kind of concerning. So he rolled out to his right, and he looked down the field, and he saw Bilal Powell coming on a wheel pad, on a wheel, which is pretty much just a fade from the running back out of the backfield. And he throws the ball, and something that became more common down his career, he threw interception. He didn't see the safety. And uh, through a pick six, and he became a meme for a solid two, two, three minutes, and then came back out on the field and had a great game. He was just throwing it with ease across the field. Um, you know, he was just uh, what's it called? He was just being an NFL quarterback. And now he finished that game with 198 yards, two touchdowns. I don't, I don't have the stats up, but I, I would say probably about an, an. Uh, early 60s in completion, uh, so probably around there. Uh, and we, us Jets fans, were really excited. We uh, we had all the reasons to. We had a new quarterback who, I mean, obviously gave us hope to begin with, and then he looked good. Second game, which was against the Dolphins, uh, we'll start just narrowly mir- uh, skimming through these games. He threw, like, two interceptions. One was just really bad. Other one, if I'm not mistaken, was a jump ball. And just with that game, he, he, he was slinging it around. He had 300 yards. But, again, he did have some crucial bad interceptions. Next game was the Browns game. He threw three interceptions on prime time. And then the and then the Jaguars game, which was just mundane, you know, just in the middle. And then the Broncos and Colts game came by where we really saw his ability to throw the ball deep. Uh, and then – the Vikings game came by. He did not play well. It was a great defense in the Vikings defense. It was a pretty good defense. I don't want to say great. Uh, and then Bears game, he really had no help that game. I remember watching him roll out and throw like a a, a wide open, what you call it, first down, and it's just dropped, and all Justin's wanted to end it there. 
And then next game was pretty much where a lot of Darnold's problems were highlighted. And that was in the Dolphins game. I want to say November November 4th, I want to say that. I remember the date. And uh, he threw four interceptions that game. And pretty much it just made him a laughing stock. Now, nowadays, they won't get clowned as much because, you know, it's a rookie. He's a rookie. But his was a little different. His were just coming off of just really bad decisions. And they weren't like they were just slightly. When a co- you want to have a quarterback missed by inaccuracy than missed by decision-making. And he was missing by decision-making. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, they took away his checkdowns that game. And he was throwing it just to the Dolphins' cornerbacks. He overthrew everything. And then in that game, the Jets' center, Spencer Long, oh. was snapping the ball over his head. Darnold came down on a play. After jumping up for a snap, and he was met with immediate contact, and he sprained his ankle, which this is not the NBA. You should be back from that quicker. Um, and uh, after that, his first game back was against the Bills at Buffalo. And against the Bills, you, re- from my knowledge, you did not have a good first half. And then in the second half, you guys definitely saw this at the time. He ran around the Bill. Uh, he ran around. And then he scrambling, and then he threw like a magical touchdown pass. I'm I'm sure you remember it, Tyler, but uh, because you saw it everywhere. Um, and so, you know, it was a. And then you know we got down like what I believe it was twenty four to twenty. No, it was twenty to for which game? Twenty three. Uh, this is the Buffalo Bills. Jared's at Buffalo Bills in 2018. Uh, we were down 23 to 20. And Darnold, who went on a hot streak, or who was continuing that same play where he ran around through a touchdown, and he went on a game winning drive where none of his receivers were barely open. He made all of his throws by just accuracy. You know, Jeremy Bates is not the kind of guy to, to, to get wide receivers wide open. And then he threw, a, you know, a completely, you know, perfect pass down the sideline to Robbie Anderson against the Pro Bowl corner in Trey White. And then that's a kind of throw that, to be completely honest, I haven't seen him made since um, that that same game. Um, so, you know, it's a uh, – it's kind of sad, you know, yeah, I know. You know usually, usually I'm very hard to succeed. Trust, trust me. I had a similar thing. I wanted Frank Kaminsky to succeed in Charlotte, but it just, especially because you know he was a Wisconsin Badger, and I'm you know kind of a Wisconsin basketball fan, and I wanted him to succeed bad, but it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, and just continuing with like I said, his rookie year. Since then, he played games. He had 250 yards, two touchdowns against the Texans. And the Packers game is where a lot of fans fell in love with him. Yeah. He threw for 300 and about three about 348 yards and three touchdowns. And not even – he didn't really make an insane throw that game. He just looked great. He was just delivering the ball to the right places, you know, not even throwing the ball deep. He just had, you know, guys – he was just hitting guys about 10 yards and it was still winning the game. And he stuck in there with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure yeah. if you well, won that game you wore a Packers, but – 
Yeah, I, I watched, like, I think the second half of that game, or I was able to, and it was a complete shootout. Probably one of the more memorable games of that year, despite us being pretty damn bad. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a great time. It was a rough time in my life as a person, and it was definitely a a good game to have, and it gave us a lot of hope for the future. I mean, I it was a loss, don't get me wrong, but I came back a really happy kid. Um, something fell. No, right, no but... problem. And then I actually went to California the next day, uh, to Los Angeles, but uh, just going back because that was Christmas time. And then he played against the Patriots uh, last game of the season where he didn't even play bad. It was just that the team around him was just so bad that really he didn't have a chance. But he made good throws still. There's a one There's one play where he faded away on a rollout, and he threw a perfect pass to every Jets fan's favorite receiver, Deontay Burnett. And then, you know, that game finished. Now we're – Yep. Now we're heading into where – we, I think, it's well, all came. All right, so they fired we're Todd the, Bowles. Where the they fired Todd Bowles, which we all knew was coming, and then I think we hired Gase January 9th. Uh, I, I, I know I remember dates really easily, so uh, don't worry about no that. I probably can name every date of everything that can happen, everything that happened, and also around the same time that the Jets hired Adam Gase, which just going back to this real quick, um, we picked Adam Gase over Matt Rule. Yeah, which um, to be fair, um, oh my god, I fully. Re- I want. Why did I? Why did I want the Packers to get Gase? I seriously, I just thought. I mean, he probably he probably would have been better with you guys because Aaron Rodgers changes everything, and you would never see. The Adam Gates play calling that we all know now. Yeah, and I just uh, thought then, thank he God didn't he have did the not. talent. I thought he was doing a good job keeping Miami competitive in games, and I just thought the talent wasn't there. But I was definitely wrong. A lot of people saw it, so you're yeah, not. Thank Lord one. we. And I thought it was a good hire for you guys. I mean, I thought he'd mesh well with Gates. I mean, I mean, not with Darnold. I thought Gates would mesh well with Darnold, but yeah, it definitely did uh, not. Go that way. Yeah, and uh, you know we hired Gase over Rule because Rule wanted a different court, wanted his coordinators, and the coordinator that Matt Rule wanted was a Detroit Lions quarterback coach. I don't think it's the one they have now, but it was one at the time. Uh, and we wanted to hire an offensive coordinator like Todd Monken, which I'm not blaming the Gase, the Gase, the Jets to do, because Todd Monken is a good offensive mind. But Matt Rule said, I want my coordinators, and the Jets said, Well, you know, we're not we're not interested in that. We don't see the we don't see the same way here. And then the Jets made a move to hire Gase. And now the the last two coach candidates that I saw that were left after that were Mike McCarthy and Gase, which just with hindsight twenty twenty, that's just two bad options. Well McCarthy uh, I think decided to take a year off football. Yeah, to reevaluate yeah. himself, and and then you know, and the just hired Gase. The introductory press conference was an absolute joke. Oh well, yeah, because Stephen um, A. made the joke that he looked high. Yeah, and then and then Christopher Johnson said that 
you know, Adam Gates was coaching to the way football was going, and he's a brilliant offensive mind, and just everything that has just been the complete opposite of what's yeah. happening. Well, he has to be. Ni- he has to be nice. He can't just. Yep. He can't just say, "Oh, he's a yeah, piece but, of shit." Yo, yo. <laughs> yeah, he also hired him. So, and also around four days later, on January thirteenth, I remember watching Trevor Lawrence take on. I think it's January thirteenth. If it's January 12th, then just and, and you're criticizing me for it, just don't talk to me. But uh, I remember watching Trevor Lawrence as a freshman take on Alabama. Now, I didn't know that things would be like this, and we'd be talking about him being the next Jets quarterback. I thought he was going to go to a team. Well, everyone thought the Jets were going to go. At the time, we not even, I don't even know what team we really thought was getting him in 20, like in his freshman year. Mm. Like, we just, we just, the only, tr- the only team that we really saw getting him was like teams with like shaky quarterbacks. Yeah, like issues. the Bengals at the time. Um, yeah, and the Dolphins. Yeah, well, even. they did try to tank, but they realized they actually were better than they. Yeah, but they, but they got the guy they were originally kind of tanking for. I mean, so. yeah, um, but they didn't like, you know, go all the. Yeah, they, they didn't really tank. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I did. What's it called? So, and so, yeah, it was definitely. I really thought Trevor Lawrence was a great quarterback because he played really good against our defense as a freshman. Yeah. And you know, I said I'm gonna enjoy watching him, not realizing it was gonna probably be on my team. Yeah. But, uh, and then the off season goes by. We hear rumors that Gase loves Darnold. Darnold oh, Gase. Cool. And, you know, we definitely had a reason to be hyped as Jets fans. We were getting new uniforms. We had $100 million in cap space. Oh, also, the Jets kept their GM, Mike McCagnan, who is terrible. He can't draft. He's an awful free agent, son, uh, free agent guy. He overpays Where did McCagnan even come from? Get a good deal. McCagnan came from the Texans. Uh, which, if you don't have those two good qualities in you, you're not a good GM. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, the Jets have an okay GM. Well, I think he's a good GM. He just doesn't have much to prove just because of how bad the situation was when he came in. Um, but, you know, now that was also a big mistake because of what he would do with the draft and free agency. Um, so, so what do you want to go over first, the draft or free yeah. agency? We'll, we'll go over kind of the free agency period because he came first. And so the first night in free agency, the Jets made a good move in signing Jamison Crowder. Now, he was probably the only real thing that Mike McCann even did for Sam Darnold. Actually, no, the first move the Jets made was trading for Kalecha Osemele, which that worked out terribly. Um, yeah, but that wasn't healthy. No, but when he was on the field, he was not good. Um, but, yes... I mean, for the value at the time, it wasn't bad, but just for the way he played, it wasn't good. But Jamison Crowder, he he's he's a very good receiver for us. He's probably going to be Trevor Lawrence's favorite target next year, um, assuming the Jets get Trevor Lawrence, which is very likely at this point. Um, and and that was probably the only good thing because the next thing the Jets did was sign Josh Bellamy, but we won't get into that too much. He didn't do anything. But he was also not signed to do that much, so that's not really missed. And then the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell to, I believe, a four-year, $62 million deal, which 
At the time, 52. Well, I mean, it's better than 62. And, you know, it, just, it gave Jets fans a lot of excitement. And, I mean, could you yeah. blame us? Like I said, we were – he had a young quarterback. But pretty much. Also, you know, he did a lot in the receiving game. He had great vision as a downhill runner. And he was just a great all-around back. Yep. So, uh, now free agency is pretty much – it's not CJ Mosley. That's about, that's about it for free agency. And before we get – this is just a sneak peek at what the Bills did better in this free agency. The Bills signed way more guys and just – that is going to foreshadow – why I think that was better than just signing two good stars and one didn't even play, one wasn't even good with the Jets, and then you know not doing anything we we really should have done way more. Um, so yeah, that free agency we it was very heavy at the time for us Jets fans, and then April fourth the Jets unveiled new uniforms, which at the time it was a very exciting time. We got new uniforms and. It was all hype. A lot of people liked it. Um, and, you know, the new uniforms were, you know, they were, they were cool uniforms. Bad. And, you know, we were, yeah, we were excited for the draft and stuff. And, uh, you know, you know, going into the draft period, Mike McCagney, who, you know, I've already said it was a terrible drafter. He can't draft for his life. When your best picks outside the first round, well, no, his best pick outside the first round was Marcus May, which that's not a bad pick to have. I mean, he's he's pretty much playing like an elite safety. But going into this draft, we all knew that we we're gonna take Nick Boza, Quinn Williams, or Josh Allen, and maybe like at Oliver with the third pick, and we took Quinn Williams, which at, which is looking up to be a good, great pick because Quinn Williams has been the only thing on our defense that's been elite, other than Marcus May. And so, and now we get into our later picks. Is this is where Mike McCagman really screwed the pooch? Um, he drafted edge rusher Jakai Polite. Now, if you guys remember, remember Jakai Polite earlier in that earlier in that draft process, a lot of teams, or no, a lot of people thought he could like be a first round pick. I remember very. And, uh, you do not know how many mock yeah. times the Packers almost yeah. ever mock times the Packers. Yeah, I remember a lot of people saw him as like a trade back option for the Jets, and the Jets got him in the third round. Now, what we didn't pay attention to was his, you know, he de- never really fit the mold as a real edge rusher. He was kind of like a, he never had any pass rush moves. He was speed. He was slim. But could you, like I said, could yeah, you blame I, us? You had to take a chance. Well, also he had character issues, major character issues. I was gonna get into that. And also, but, he was out of I mean, shape tremendously at the combine. Dear Christ, he had a, he had a horrible. Yeah, he and was... you know, he literally got mad when any team gave him any sort of criticism. Yeah, saying the Packers "quote unquote" yeah. bashed him for stuff he needed. I mean, I get being a young guy and being like, "Why are these dudes like just pooping on well, me?" Well, yeah, like, but you're I mean, going... it's hard, but. If you want to be to compete with the best of the best of the NFL, you have to learn from the best of the best. Yeah. And then just a move that I think the Jets should have done and would have helped Sam Darnold tremendously despite having a bad coach is that the Jets 
had the opportunity to move up the pick 57 to draft Miko Hardman, but the Chiefs picked him at pick 56. He was the Tyree Kill replacement for when everyone thought Tyree Kill was not going to be in the NFL anymore due to him. Well, no, he broke his punching his kid, which he did. I don't know how he was proven guilt uh, innocent, but we'll just get into that later, I guess. But we won't get into that later because it really has no room on this podcast. Um, and then the Jets decided, all right, we're just going to stay back. Then looking back at that, it definitely uh, was the wrong decision. I mean, guys like – not even guys. The guy that we should have st- still traded up and got there was D.K. Metcalf. And he would have done wonders for Sam Darnold. I mean, I can only imagine. Sam Darnold always loved that big guy at receiver. He had it in huge – not big guy in Juju, but he definitely had that guy who can go up and get it in Juju. And he's always loved those kind of guys. And, you know, we had the chance to get him, man. Well, we did it. Also, um, DK Metcalf also had a bad neck injury. And... Yeah, but looking at it, we, we should have done more to help him. And that would have definitely been more. Even if he was taking a receiver like who? Deontay Johnson there. That wouldn't even be a, a bad move, and like Hakeem Butler, which he probably would have gotten a better opportunity with the Jets and the Cardinals. Andy Isabella, oh, too. Oh, man, I wanted Andy Isabella picked bad, a, picked man. A... Yeah, he's – too bad he's in like a situation I know, it where sucks. he can't do he's more. so much good with it, especially with how Rodgers treats his receivers. Like, he, he yeah. Rodgers always gives his receivers extra chances. But anyway, back to the, the main topic. Yeah, and we – didn't go up, and we selected Jakai Polite. And also probably the other the other third in that deal was probably our later third that we got from the Saints. And where we picked Chuma Adoga, now I get getting help. But there were better tackles on the board. That I would have rather given a tackle like Yadni Kajusti, Bobby Evans, David Edwards a chance than I would have given Chuma Adoga a chance. Because Chuma Adoga, a lot of Jets fans loved him, but I, I – I, I will tell you in 2019, he really wasn't that good. He was a big liability. He was, he's an undersized tackle and he's like, he's like, he's undersized at guard. He gets overpowered. He has decent feet, but that's about it. And uh, overall, it was just not a good pick. And then in our fourth, in the fourth round, we selected the worst offensive position you could have for Sam Darnold, which is a blocking tight end. Yeah, which was. We selected a blocking tight end, which yes, Trayvon Musco is a good fullback. I don't even think he's playing. I don't even. I think he's on the IR for all I know. And then for all I know, and uh, I mean, you really think that a blocking tight end? That whole draft should have been dedicated for Sam Darnold's second year jump. It shouldn't have been just trying to salvage him in the third offseason that you had with them. It should have been that whole draft should have been dedicated to him. And then with our fifth round pick we took a freaking blunder and Blake Cash well, well, did not I need mean, a linebacker really I mean that's step guys. Yeah but yeah, Harmon was, Harman was Harman there. Fell. I thought he was going to the wanted. second third round. He falls to the damn sixth. And I liked him quite a bit, too. I yeah, wanted the Packers to get him. And 
And and I understand what you mean. Like it's just like depth guys, but still, you should have made a better effort to get your quarterback. Have depth somewhere on offense. Yeah, I mean that would have been better than depth on defense, especially when you drafted depth at your best spot at middle linebacker when we had C.J. Mosley and Williamson. Uh, so that was just bad. Our our last pick, Blashawn Austin, who he's been bad this year. He's the late round pick, obviously. But Kelvin Harmon was still on the board, and I remember being mad well, at that draft. The thing is with Austin, it was kind of like it was different than polite, but you were getting good value because Austin was supposed to be a much higher graded draft prospect, but he got hurt. So didn't play like it. I, mean, I really just don't know how. Like, we just ignored Darnold like that. Well, um, well, what, wait, didn't you draft Nathan Shepard in that but, draft, or was that? No, we drafted yeah. him with our third mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. Oh, also, just just getting into this is going to come back into the 2020 discussion when we talk about what happened this year. Uh, but Chris Herndon was a really good rookie tight end. He we were we drafted him. Did you get him undrafted in the uh? No, we got him in the fourth round of Darnold's class, which was 2018. Uh, and he was a good rookie tight end. We'll get into what happened to him oh, in 2019. And then his, his his decline was worse than Sam Darnold's. It was so bad. Uh, and you can't get much worse. Um, and then, yeah, and then the sixth-round pick was Sean Austin, which, I mean, I get it was good value, but still, you're leaving your young quarterback out to dry. And now going into the the UDFAs, we got no one out of the UDFAs other than well, yeah, no one. I don't even typically think. you don't. I'm probably I'm honestly probably forgetting somebody that I know I should not. But yeah, and it got and our receiver problem was not what was our receivers. We had Jameson Crowder, Quincy Anunua, and Robbie Anderson, and I knew that those receivers were not great. I always viewed Robbie Anderson as a wide receiver too. Uh, some people think different now. Uh, I still think he, that he's, you know, a average receiver one. I'd love for him to prove me wrong. I mean, I have a bunch of autographs of the dude. And I always thought, well, okay, he's, you know, he's a good receiver too. Quincy Anunua can't stay healthy. And Jameson Crowder, Jameson Crowder, he's a reliable slot guy. And so, you know, I, I, I was – it got so bad where I was looking at just random free, undrafted free agent pickups and, and just think to myself, can these guys make an impact at receiver? Because I knew that the receiver problem was going to be bad. Um, and later in the year, it, it kind of did get bad. Um, and so that whole so the training camp period, a lot of there was a lot of excitement around the Jets fans, um, and understandably so. That whole offseason, it was understandably it was understandable yeah. why we were so excited. Uh, um, and then week one, uh, the Jets played the Buffalo Bills. And the Jets got up 16-0 against the Buffalo Bills, which if you said that this year, you'd be looked at in astonishment. Because um, he – and it's just – if that happened this year, the Bills would get clowned because how bad we are. Um and then, you know, the the Jets got up sixty nothing, and then CJ Mosley got hurt because of you know notorious the notorious goat CJ not CJ 
Henry Anderson decided to do a lame roughing the passer call and then got CJ Mosley hurt. And ever since then, it was just a slow, painful decline. And then because the Bills came back, they won. Sam Donald overthrew a game winning Hail Mary. Uh, and then he got Mono. Oh, which right, I keep yeah, forgetting I happened, but it happened. Sam Donald got Mono. didn't even kiss a girl. So. Yeah. Yeah. But Sam Donald, dude, got Mono. The Jets were terrible huh. in those games. He didn't play. And then I keep forgetting about the excitement last year because I remember. Yeah, and they beat the Cowboys. From an injury against the Cowboys. And it was just arguably as good as a time as, you know, the the what's it called? I keep forgetting the 2019, like, era for Darnold. I keep thinking about his rookie year in 2020. I never sit back and realize, you know, 2019 happened. Um, and, uh, you know, he he won. He got he had a really good game. He looked like a completely different quarterback from the, the week one. And Jets fans were excited. We played the Patriots next week, which I never thought we were going to win. I just wanted to see, like, a good performance by the team, which a lot of Jets fans were also that way. But, oh, boy, was that a stinker. First throw of the game, Sam Donald rolls out. Immediate pressure. Immediate. This is where Donald's fear of the offensive line started because um, they, they they just couldn't block a they, – they couldn't block a toddler uh, if they even almost. tried. And they – and they probably couldn't block a toddler, um, but but the Patriots they did something called cover zero, which is what the Jets did on that hail mary, which you've obviously heard about. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, they sent one more guy every time than we were blocking. So if we had six guys blocking, they would send seven, and just for every number that would happen. And then Darnold who an offensive line was shit anyways. You'd have, like, five guys coming. And then Darnold, who, you know, if you ever played Madden on all pro mode and you're used to playing on rookie, it's going to feel like that. Guys are going to come real quick. And Darnold got scared. He rolled out, and he threw the ball up, and he overthrew it and hit uh, Jason McCordy or Devin. And th- at that time, I knew, all right, this game could get ugly, and it did. Um the Jets were terrible that game. Our defense was bad. Our offense, thrown through four interceptions, fumbled the ball. And what what was the most concerning part of that game? All right, quarterbacks have their four interception games. Mahomes had a three interception game. But and then but what I found concerning that game was Donald started to wince away from pressure. When you're a when you're a quarterback and you see pressure but and there's a guy downfield open. You take the hit. You, you you go into the hit, and then you just you take the hit and you get and make the throw downfield. There was one open in the end zone where Darnold had the guy by a little bit. A good throw would have a nice, accurate throw with more arm strength would have made that pass. And um, Darnold winced away from the pressure that was coming, and uh, he threw an interception. Now, like I said, these are concerning points and stuff that is delivered over to this year. And then the next, so he finished with about, I think he was like like 10, 11 for 32, which ten of that's 32, like in the 40s. Um, no, 10 of 32, that's in the, like, or 11 of 32, you said, right? Yeah, that's nearly, yeah, something like no, that. that isn't even 40%. 
Yeah, I've never seen a quarterback performance worse. And as a Jets fan, as a guy who ran a Darnold page, that that was hell. Next game against the Jaguars, he threw four intercept and three interceptions and looked terrible. It looked better than well, the Patriots game. The Patriots I mean, if you get worse than the Patriots game, you really even couldn't sniff the field ever again. Uh, and then the then the Miami Dolphins game, which uh, which the Jets were beaten by an zero and seventeen. Now this that was the real rock bottom for Jets fan. This year we've always had Trevor Lawrence's, you know, the white out. Uh, last year it was pretty much like Chase Young that we were like, all right, if we lose, we get Chase Young, and that's not a, as breaking as Trevor Lawrence. And it was just a really sad period. And then. You know, Giants game comes up, and Sam Darnold plays well, and that place continued across uh, the eight game period that he played afterwards. The Jets had a six, and the Jets were one and seven. They had a six and two run. Sam Darnold played pretty good football in that run. Well, but granted, no, against bad defenses, hope, then. but I mean, yeah, and then we had our sparks of hope. Darnold, who at the who. And many times, and overall, I think we kind of overrated his performance in some yeah, of those games. You know, you're trying to find the bright spots because he had. And trust me, I, I I tend to overrate some stuff about my team. Everyone does. Yeah, and then you know he played well against you know in the Raiders the, game. The Giants, he played really the, uh, well. The Raiders, the Raiders is when I really was like, all right, he is the guy, because you know. The Raiders were a winning team. They had a bad defense, yes, but overall it was a challenge. It was a winning team. We felt the pressure of trying to beat them, and we beat them. And it was a, it was a really good time as Jets fan. And now the next game, we were playing, I believe, the 0-11 Bengals, and they won the game. They beat us fair and square. Darnold was just – I mean, he really didn't have any help that game, but he definitely missed some throws. And then at the time, we were just like, eh. Jesus Christ, Jesus. And then came back, played against the Dolphins, played a shaky game where he missed almost everything, but did just enough. Ravens game, he played very well against the Ravens defense, even though he had a really bad interception. Uh, Steelers game, he played pretty bad looking at it as of now, but it was the Steelers defense. And then the Bills game against the Bills backups, he did not look good. Uh, at the time, I didn't find it really an issue, but now it's definitely was a scary sign. And all Jets fans wanted Adam Gates to be fired, and this will go. This will be the year. I said this beginning of the 2019 offseason was a uh, was where the downfall originated, but this is where it started. And so I don't know. You guys probably know this, but the Jets. I, I forgot to go over this. Forgot a lot of things in this podcast, um, but the Jets fired Mike McCagnan with from a dispute with Adam Gase. Thank <laughs> well, you no, because he's also Gase helping you get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, for us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and Adam Gase, he fired Mike McCagnan, which thank God he did that because we were all doing yeah. cartwheels when that happened. Um, and and then the, we hired Joe Douglas, who has been you know praised by. A lot of people and a lot of guys stand by him. And so we were excited to see what he could do with his team. And we wanted him to fire Gase. 
But we, but we always knew that there would be the excuse that we don't want Sam Darnold in his third system, even though I kind of found that excuse flawed because, I mean, you're, you're, also, you're picking up new stuff and Darnold's a smart dude. Um, so, yeah, um, but, you know, and starting off, we did not fire Case at all season. We made no coaching change, I don't think. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and the Jets, you know, going into that offseason, we re-signed, uh, COVID hit this really, COVID didn't have a lot of things to do with why I think the Jets were bad, uh, but you kind of got to go over that. It was a big, it was a big uh, thing. So kind of just got to talk about COVID. COVID definitely messed up some things with our chemistry, but I don't think that's even his biggest problem. So COVID happened, it all went virtual, and then Sam Darnold went to California. And also what I think is overrated, Jordan Palmer, if you're saying this podcast, I mean no disrespect, but I don't think his tr- personal trainer, Jordan Palmer, is as good as people say he is because he always focused on one thing with Darnold, and that was mm-hmm. footwork. And now, like I said, I got nervous about the same thing happened when I saw the Patriots game, and I saw how bad our line played. And I knew that this definitely is going to have some implications on Sam and that we face his pressure. And, oh, my God, I was right. Because this also comes back to this year. We'll get into that later. We're going to get into a lot of things later because 2020 is going to be the talking point of this podcast pretty much. We're, we're already at 45 minutes, and this podcast still has a little uh, – has a decent amount to talk about. So, yeah. I mean, but me and Tyler knew this because we went over this. Um, so – Starting off the offseason, we didn't re-sign Robbie Anderson, which, let's be honest, he wouldn't have been as good as he is with the Panthers as he is with us. Yeah. But, but again, you always want to re-sign chemistry guys, especially looking at it now. Uh, but we did re-sign Alex Lewis, who was a good guard for us the year before. Um, and the Jets made some good free agent signings. We signed Connor McGovern, who has been – and this year, he was bad in the beginning, but he's finally starting to put it together. Um, and then Greg Van Roten, who's been surprisingly all right after starting bad. Um, and then Alex Lewis, who uh, is going through a tough time now mentally. Um, and I wish him all due respect. Uh, I'm, not, not, I'm not saying anything bad about him. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, he went. Uh, yeah, but. Yeah, I don't know if you – you probably also, guys, it was a big story. Um, but, you know, well, things going on in yeah. his life right now. But Yeah. And uh, personal. And, but, yeah, it's uh, – we signed to an extension. We also signed Pierre to see here. But we'll get into – we won't even get into that train wreck because I just don't want – You mean signing, not to how, to how bad he was. No, you, you oh, picked yeah. them. Um... Did we trade for anybody? No, we didn't trade anybody that helped. So, and then we let Robbie Anderson go. We signed Rashad Perryman, who we – Jets fans, we might have overrated at the time, but he definitely – he definitely showed what we all thought he was going to be this season and the couple of times he's went and scored touchdowns. And, uh, you know, and we all thought he was going to be a, uh, a slight decrease yeah. from uh, Robbie Anderson. 
Um, and then going into the draft, we're just trying to get this shorter because there's really not much to talk about here. Um, and then the Jets yeah. drafted Mekhi Becton, which is looking to be the right pick here. You know, he has all the credentials to be an all-time great at left tackle just because of his uh-huh. height, weight, and strength. All he has to do is his technique and just get a little better against speed rushers, and he should be a a really good point. I almost said point guard. Um, a really good left tackle. I can only imagine that Kai Becton at point guard would be a dominating. Uh, but – And then, all right, then the second round pick – but yeah, second round pick, we got a blessing in Venzel Mims, who yeah, is definitely looking to be the bad. right pick in the games he's played. Yeah, I, he's I looked really him, good. I'm like, yeah, what? I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean, to, he's say, been above I didn't mean to say really good, but he's looked definitely, he's been, yeah. I mean, trust me, Donald, we'll get into Donald's missed opportunities because there's a lot of them, but he's just kind of sneak peeking it because it's, it's going to be like All a big right, reveal. Then, well, you guys probably know for yourself then what happened. Third round. Like third round, I don't think I, I, nothing. Yeah, Ashton happened. Davis is the pick because. Uh, and then we picked Jabari Zuniga. And then the fourth, and then the fourth round, we selected Lamichael Pirine, Cameron Clark. I like Cameron Clark, and Pirine's an okay running back too. But James Morgan, we selected as a backup quarterback. And I just want to talk, oh, tell gosh. you how stupid that decision was. Because now don't we have any real like talent for Darnold? We had Donovan's Peoples Jones on the board, who uh yeah, he's a very good receiver. And the Jets took a backup quarterback who will never start an NFL game with the Jets. And the only reason we drafted him was to be Sam Darnold's backup. And now Sam Darnold won't even be on the team next year. So I hated that pick. Other than that, we really did nothing for Darnold. Yeah, you had to do. Uh, didn't we fifth point. round was Bryce Hall? No, that was pretty. Yeah, but you had to yeah. do it for value. even though he's been bad he's this year. Um, he's no, he can still be a starter. He's just been dealt a really bad hand with some of the receivers yeah, he's had to go against: DK Metcalf, uh, Devontae Parker, Keenan Allen, and really, it was the DK Metcalf. It was a Seahawks game where it was looking scary because he did an okay job against Keenan um, Allen. So, yeah. Um, and then, so, here, we're going to – this is going to be the dreaded 2020 oh, season that we're going to go over. Um, week one, you know, the Jets, We I wasn't expecting to win the game. There was always the part of me that's like, okay, I think we can do this because I believe in the team. But I was never like, all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna blow them out of the water. It it was always just me being like, I have hope. And then Darnold on his first drive has that same issue. I said he rolls out of pressure too quickly. He got got scared of it, quite frankly, and he said, I'm I'm bailing. And he rolled out of the pocket. He had Herndon semi open, and he just misses Herndon. He doesn't hit Herndon. He throws it low. Next play of the game, he they run the ball. I think they're playing the game. And then the next play after the after he, they ran the ball, Sam Darnold misses a out route. He missed everything this game. He missed an out route that was wide open to Jameson Crowder. Now this is why I feel bad for Jameson Crowder because he had so many opportunities, and then Sam Darnold just couldn't hit him. Um, and so Sam Darnold, 
uh, that game was pretty much just that for the rest of the game. He was missing everything. He really did not look good at all. He made one great throw down the sideline, but that really was sideline. I didn't really mean that. Put the two in the same sentence there. Um, but he just he didn't look good, and it was kind of concerning for Jets fans because keep in mind this is when the Jets yeah. fans were Sam Darnold is the future. He's going to be a top five quarterback. So this is the Jets fans then, which were understandably much different then because we had Sam Darnold and we believed in him at the time. Um, and so the rest of the game, he was just terrible. And then Jets fans, with their short patience, which obviously they've they've had because of just how bad this team has been, they started finally saying it's time to move on. Now, yes, it was premature after, what's it called, one bad game. But I definitely understood why they were upset. I mean, I'm a big Don. I was a big Don. I am a big Don guy. I still love the guy. Uh, but, um, you know, it, uh, I was I was just like, all right, one game, missed a couple throws, and then second game against the Niners looked good. Then the Colts game, he threw three interceptions that game. His first one was on an outbreaking route, uh, and then he just forced it to Lawrence Cager, which I guess because he's six five, but still the ball shouldn't have been thrown there. Yeah. So. So, yeah, um, and then just highlighting a bad play call from Adam Gase, and this is where I think he he kind of sucks. There was a rollout pass where Darnold rolled out to his, to his left with his opposite shoulder. He's a right-handed quarterback. And he was throwing a deep rollout pass to his left, which I would have – as a coach, because I, like, I do like the idea of becoming a coach, uh, which is just, I, I wouldn't do that, especially with a quarterback that doesn't have a Josh Allen on him. Um, and especially the biggest mistake here, sure, Sam Darnold could be able to make those throws, but there was no check down option for Darnold to be like, oh, oh, nothing's open deep. You know, I just throw it down. But the other receiver that was who would have been the prime candidate to have that underneath route. Basically, has no one to on just dump it off to, like, five so, and yards. No but that pretty much means that the route's meaningless because in no way is Darnold making that throw across the field yeah, when he's rolling no, out to the other side. And he's not throwing it across. Mind, he was on the side, the other sideline. He was running it. Lawrence Cager was on the boundary of the other side where Darnold rolled out. Um, and Darnold would have had to turn his body around and pretty much use all of his arm strength just to get it there. Not even accuracy, and it would have just been bad if he threw it there, and Adam Gase is fine with having that play called, and just the design was terrible. And the and overall, he just did not look good that game. He had one great throw that game. He looked like rolling out. And, uh, yeah, it was a uh, – it just was not a good game. The Broncos game, he, he came out – Fire and he was uh he ran for a forty six yard touchdown where he put some dude up put some dudes on skates and um you know yeah and then he got injured and hurt his shoulder and then just had like a bunch of mundane games where he just threw interceptions um just to save time he went like he's on a he was on a streak for like five games where he didn't huh. throw a touchdown pass. 
And, and, and like, in those games, he threw, like, two interceptions, too, just on top of no touchdowns. And so, uh, Raiders game, he broke that with three touchdowns and three total turnovers. And then against the Seahawks, this is our last – this is going to be our wrap-up to our big timeline before we get into – it's already an hour. So, this is definitely going to be a big episode. I yeah. think it's a good episode to end a season off of. So, thank God we saved it for now. Um, Tyler, obviously, uh, thanks for sticking along. Mm-hmm. We'll get into more discussive topics later uh, where we both talk more. Uh, but you're giving your voice a rest. Um, so, yeah. And so now just what he's done bad this season is he – his stats, what is it? He has like a 57% yeah. completion, which is just bad. He has like five – he has five touchdowns, nine interceptions, which is bad. I mean, his pass rating is like a 60, which is bad. And overall, everything is just bad. I mean, and yeah, you can blame it on the coaches and, you know, the, the black, I don't even want to say lack of talent. The talent doesn't look as bad as it has in years, but even that. And, but now it's just sad to see the quarterback that we saw in the 2018 season in the last four games, even his first game in the NFL. That quarterback for he he can obviously get back to that form with another team, but we saw him went from a bona fide franchise QB to a guy who is 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 just a pressing story. I mean, if you watch Jets games after after just even like a like a touchdown, he he looks so lifeless. I mean. When you see him, he's well. Even when he when he leaves the field after a, a score, he just looks like he's like. Does it really matter if if I throw a touchdown or not? It really doesn't. Is it, it, it's just he he just looks so lifeless and depressed, and it's really depressing as a Jets fan. I mean, I wanted him to succeed more than anything. I met him many times. He followed my Jets account, my my Darnold account. I have his autograph. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, um, he just he just looks lost. It's uh, and uh, and, and what really screwed the pooch is Adam Gase. He not only was he not a really a good offensive mind beforehand. Now I don't even know if he'll get a court. Now I think he'll get a coordinator job, but it's going to be hard to get a real like coordinator job where you will really be able to show your talent. I can see him getting a – I don't even know a QB coach. I can see someone yeah. getting like a tight end coach. I would not trust any quarterback, not even like a proven no, stud. No. Like Aaron Rodgers with him. Well, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not flashing that. Because Aaron Rodgers might have example. the best year – he might be having the best year of his whole career at like 37 years old. So, yeah, um, if I were to say what's really bad this year for Sam Darnold, it's not natural inaccuracy. I think his biggest issue is confidence, decision-making, and footwork. When you look at Darnold, he's, he can make the big throw down the field. I mean, he's done it before. I mean, yes, he doesn't have the greatest arm strength, but he can make those throws if he wants to. 
This year, there's about a one minute and 30 second video of just wide open targets down the field that are just wide open. It was Jameson Crowder wheel where there was no one in the closest dude next to him. The closest defender was all the way in like Tijuana, Mexico. Um, there was just no one near him, and Donald stared at him. Donald didn't throw it, and I don't think it's because he can't make that throw. He, he's done it before. I just think that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to embarrass himself by missing a really bad throw. And yeah. I mean, I've, I think the media shit gets to him sometimes. I mean, everyone shits on him. Jets fans hate him. I don't hate him. I just feel bad. Uh, and then, like, he just he, he looks like he just looks so lifeless when he like he throws. He doesn't. He doesn't want to ever throw deep. He he loves his rookie Sam Darnold would be throwing the ball around the field. I think now that his job's in jeopardy, he's not. Seriously. He's not taking it. He's not taking his job as, you know, I don't have nothing to lose. He he's not like that kind of guy. He's gonna try to prove himself some more, even though that time is over. Um. So yeah, he's not. And and overall decision making, he. Locks on to his first initial target, which is where he plans to go, you know, before the snap. And and overall, usually with our, our you know, our coaching staff is never open. And he usually still throws it there. And it's a, just a bad interception. Um, so usually that's what happens. Um. And then, but when he does, you know, yeah. get off that second read, I, I'm pretty sure you know what reads are and stuff. Uh, when he gets off, when he when he decides what he's gonna do, and he's like, "Oh wait, look, my first read's not the second read, but my third read's open." He he's looked like a good quarterback, but there just hasn't been much times where he's done that. And footwork, he's always ever since the Patriots game, he's just been squirmy in the pocket. He just doesn't want to get hit, so he rolls out and makes a bad throw. You know, it always takes him like five minutes to throw the ball away. He still has his good like evading skills, where he can evade the pocket well. But I mean, what does it matter if he can't hit a throw? Yeah. Regardless. Um, so I don't know. It's a. Uh, And it, it, this all comes back to Adam Gase. The Jets broke him mentally. Well, again, I, guess I don't want to say physically because I know he can make these throws. Well, I guess you can say physically because the old line's very bad. What's that? The old line's good this year. That's the sad part. It's just that Donald's just so used to a bad line, or even on like the slightest pressure when, like, let's say you know. Connor McGovern gets pushed back a little bit. He's used to having Jonathan Harrison there, who gets absolutely bullied. And he's like, oh, God, this could be the start of something bad. And he rolls out, and then he either throws an interception or throws a ball away. Um, last year, he can make all those throws. This year, he just seems like he just doesn't want to. I think that just he just he's playing like a dude who knows – his job is in jeopardy, but he's not even trying to do anything about it. He's just trying to make the time go by quicker. He's not 
like I said beforehand, he's he's not playing like I got nothing to lose. He's, but he's, he's just I feel like he's trying to somewhat salvage his career with the Jets, but it's too late. And that's why I think like I don't know. And it's just so sad. I mean if I was a like if you were an emotional dude, I would not blame you for trying to for kind of tearing up over the situation. And also just another heartbreaking comment that he said. He said that, what's it called? He wanted to be a Jet for life, which definitely, it, it definitely kind of hurt. And there, there's this like Jets fan who made this video about like all the sand, like funny moments on the Jets with like, and just I don't know, it it it, it kind of made me upset, just knowing how much we broke. Yeah, trust me, not the only team that's done that. And become one of the main issues. Yeah, I mean, we don't have in common the the greatest football team, other, but we do have in common that two of our teams, the Jets and the Hornets, yeah, are looking so up Mel Ball and the future of that. But 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 for like the past couple of years, it's almost been kind of the same story. Just, but not the same story. Jets have been monumentally worse this year than they've had in many of those years, but. Same depressing stories of missing on draft picks, especially like did you guys select like uh who was that? Uh, Oh, Frank. Who's that example you were talking about before? He was ninth overall. Yeah, wasn't he like a high draft pick? Still hot, still hot, but still overall, Steve Clifford was a vets heavy coach and rarely ever took time to develop her players. And they became average as a result. MKG was a bust. Um, Zeller, eh, I, I guess he's okay. Um, Noah Vonley was terrible. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, but. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um. Yeah, it was it was bad, and then Kemba. I mean, it was yeah, but honestly, know, it was uh... kind of a blessing in disguise to depart with Kemba because everyone thought we were going to be the worst team in NBA history, but that turned out far from the truth. Thought it was going to be 2011, 2012 all over again. Now I knew we weren't going to go 0 and 82 because it's basically almost impossible. I knew we were going to win some games. Yeah, and. Well, no, basketball's way different. And I knew football. that some of our young guys that were going to get better. People acted like they were just going to stay the same, which obviously they didn't. And I mean, we were competitive. I'm not saying we were good. We were far from good. We were pretty bad, but we actually stayed. Up. Yeah. This year, this year, if we started doing that around like this season, it wouldn't have been. So mad, but this is just too late for our guys to come together and win. Because we already have. I always said to myself, if this was a year to be bad, because I wasn't expecting a great year for the Jets, but I always say, if this, yeah. if this was a year to be bad, this is the year to be bad. With all the COVID regulations, with all the COVID regulations and just COVID in general and just. Also, the Jets fan having Trevor Lawrence there, it was definitely 
the best year to be bad because I'm I have season yeah, tickets. No. I would not want to see this mess at the games in real life. Um. So yeah. Um. So luckily, it's not as painful as it would have been last year. So yeah, it's a uh, what's it called? But yeah, and just like I said, with a set. I don't know. And now yeah. we're gonna get into. Since we kind of went over why I think Darnold's been yeah, bad. And, uh, oh, I know you wanted to mention at the end. Mention the possible suitors for Darnold. Yeah, oh, that'll probably be at the end. Or not the Yeah, probably. In the tail end. But, so now we're going to go over to the Bills' point of view. They're off-season. Allen had a meh rookie year where he showed some things. But you also saw that that law thing from Allen, yeah. where like no one knew what he could become, and the Bills couldn't have built around them any better. They got two not stars but good receivers. Yeah, they, got, they got an above average center. They got um, Tre'Davious White, obviously. Uh, they got. Yeah, well, Tredavious White was already there. Uh, but yeah, just Brandon. Them building their Sean offense. Sean McDermott's a defensive-minded head coach. Allen. He didn't even have, like, you know, an offensive-minded coach. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. How Brian might Cable even get a head coach? Brian with Josh Allen as a quarterback. I, th- I think he's a good guy for the Chargers. Because kind of yeah, Josh Allen Yeah, definitely had a, uh, a mild start rookie than what Josh Allen did. Uh, yeah, and then came around, they improved the roster, got some more edge, which they really needed bad. Um, I want to say they got Ed Oliver. And, here, let me check their drafts because I probably am missing a few players. So, hold on. Uh, so, here, hold on. Let me get, uh, uh, 34, Devin Singletary. Uh, here, let me get list. I can name everything that's done. They did for Alex. Yeah. Alright, let me go to 2019. So, in the first round, they got Ed Oliver. Okay, they um they wanted to obviously help out the um they wanted to help out the defensive line, which needed some improvements in the interior, and Ed Oliver was seen as a very super explosive, high-production defensive tackle, who some compared to Aaron Donald, which, I mean, I guess I I mean, I sort of blame him, and I sort of don't, because that was really the only good comparison for a shorter D-tackle, I guess. Uh... Yeah, but I... For the guys that I think helped out in the most that draft was Cody Ford, Dawson Knox, and Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary has been a great running back yeah. under them. I mean, Cody Ford hasn't been great. I'd just say best in the not. division, maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, you see the plan here. That's he the definitely thing. helped you saw out. a clear though. direction, which was, well, we need to protect Allen better, and we need to give him some uh, more weapons. And they built the weapons the right way. They didn't, they didn't target any of the bigger guys. <clears throat> Stephon Diggs. 
until Allen got improved a little bit more. And then they said, you know, we are confident in Josh Allen. So let's just make the big trade that everyone wants. And uh, they did. And they traded for star receiver Stephon Diggs. Yeah, and, I like uh, the block going out. They got some more guys. And they Davis improved. They picked up stud. the pass rush even um, more with A.J. Epinesa. And they got another running back to complement Devin Singletary and uh, Zach Moss. Jake Fromm was just more, okay, just an insurance. And then Bass, they need a kicker. And then Hodgins, apparently, I don't know why it says from, uh, uh, I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know. But, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but that really should kind of be the blueprint for how to build a team. Try to identify if the guy's the star QB. Before you, I mean, we all Darnold could have been the star QB. It's not that; it's just that yeah. we didn't do too much. Yeah, we did too little, too too late with him. So, so yeah. But I think that if you switch their teams, if Josh Allen got drafted by the same the Jets, um, and Sam Darnold got drafted by the Bills, I think that I think that it would have been. Sam Darnold that we're talking about now, which is the stud quarterback for the Bills. Um, and who is the star quarterback for the Bills? And then Josh Allen, who probably, arguably, with the coaching set that we have now, would have been yeah, you're gonna maybe even worse that. than what Sam Darnold's been with the Jets. So, yeah, I definitely think that it would have been a way worse scene with them, um, with him at the helm. Not saying anything isn't Josh Allen, but he had way more problems than Sam Darnold coming out and overall just did not look – I don't know. And I don't know. I, I really do respect Brandon Bean for what he did. And hopefully Joe Douglas, who's shown potential, will get the chance to draft Trevor Lawrence and try to do what the Bills did. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, I think, has a kind of a little bit of a higher ceiling than Josh Allen. I think that he's more pro ready than Josh Allen was, so he is a better prospect. And I think, if, I think, if we even build it that right way, we might have something better than Josh Allen. I'm not saying anything against Josh Allen, though. He really, for for what I thought he was going to be this year, which is just slightly above average quarterback, he's definitely proven me wrong. I think he's proven a lot of people wrong, and congratulations to him. So now looking, I'm going to compare this to Mahomes' situation. Obviously, I don't think in any world uh, Sam Darnold would have developed the same way as Mahomes to where he becomes the the star quarterback of the team. Well, this best quarterback in the NFL. But I was always. I always liked the idea of having Trevor, uh, of having Sam Darnold, kind of sit and learn behind a quarterback for his rookie year. And at the time, I definitely thought it was a good idea. While the team Chiefs didn't really need to build around the quarterback position more, 
But just, I think if we did that while we, you know, built the team a little bit more in free agency, um, I think that would have been beneficial. And uh, we, well, like you said, like, I don't know if I said this, but we kind of threw him out to the wolves. I think even though Josh McCown was not a good player that year, I think still having a guy, I mean, he was a great influence on Sam Darnold. Um, he definitely helped him a lot with just being confident. And after every bad play, he would he would be there just to be like, it's okay, Sam, you know, you, you are still a rookie learning. And it would calm Darnold down. He would be like, you know what, you know, I am just a rookie and, you know, like that. And uh, this year, he, he hasn't had that sense, really. And I think having him sit behind, you know, having him sit behind Josh McCown, well, Josh McCown, you know, does the best he can. I think that would have been a a better move than to just throw him out to the wolves. And that would have helped Donald be better when he first came in. You know, maybe get Donald some snaps in later games that were already decided. And then I think that would have been better. I don't think, like I said, I'm just comparing it to how Mahomes' career started, not how he's become the best quarterback in the NFL. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's just very, like it just back to, I think I just that was pretty much the end of comparing the situations. They both did very yeah. great jobs on developing those quarterbacks and I think that should be the blueprint yeah. for I think the Bills are a little bit better because they built up from kind of nothing um, but I think those should be the blueprints on how you build around the quarterback especially a quarterback who many people thought was a big risk and now is an elite quarterback I said it I never thought I'd be saying that with a straight face but Josh Allen has played like an elite quarterback. Um, and just going back to the Jets here, I think that – I don't think it's as bad as a situation as people say it is as a Jets fan. I think a lot of the problems on offense have been Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, who who won't be back next year. Um, and, uh, I mean, like I said, there's many times where Darnold just had wide-open guys – um, just running open, and he just didn't want to throw it to them. Sometimes even throwing instead of throwing it to them, he just throw a pick. Um, so I think guys like Denzel Mims would benefit much better with playing with a better quarterback. Um, but it, it's really just sad just going back to like I said before we get into the potential trade suitors. It's just really a sad situation. I mean, there's really no such thing as defending him anymore. I mean, yeah. I'm not as heartless when it comes to blaming him as some people are because I understand that a lot of it is was out of his control and just probably never felt really nurtured. I mean, after an interception, usually the coach would come over and be like, you know, it's fine, things happen. But he kind of just sits there alone and just looking just depressed nowadays. I mean, he does not look like he's even enjoys the game of football one bit. It, it really – I really want to question if he really questions if he questions his love for football this year, uh, just because of how bad things have gone, and and I can't blame him. I mean, he's been hurt this year. He's been bad. He probably feels like shit when he comes home after a game. Uh, 
I know he's a strong dude and he's probably, you know, it's just a game. You know, I have my life outside of this. Um, so at least I know he's a strong dude, but I don't know. It really sucks game after game. Just talking as a Jets fan here, not a, you know, one of those Jets fans who have no heart. Um, just seeing him, you know, in his rookie year, even his sophomore year, he looked like a, he, he was he, when he, he looked like he was having fun out there. And now he's just anemic. After every drive, after every possession, he even after like a touchdown, he just walks. He just walks to the sideline and puts his head down. No one talks to him. No coaches, players give him he high fives, but. It's and if you were a Jets fan, Tyler, you would definitely see what I mean. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I mean you, you've obviously as a really Packers bad. fan, you've haven't had much losing. Uh, other, other than well, like, yeah, I'm considering like two years, but you know, I've been a Packers fan I mean, for a decade. I haven't seen much losing. I've only had two losing seasons in ten seasons. Yeah, it's uh, it was it's, it really makes me feel bad for the guy. I know he doesn't deserve it, and he deserves to play in this yeah, league. We'll I know Maybe a better situation. He's obviously not played like it, but I know he can. And I don't know. I know a change of scenery is definitely going to help in some way. I think going to a team, I don't think he'll be brought in to be the immediate starter. But maybe just with a coach that says, you know, even if you're not going to be a starter, you know, maybe I, maybe I still can, you know, maybe I still can get something out of you, and maybe working your way up, eventually, yeah. and then becoming the, the the starter of a team. I think that's a good. I think that's a good future for Darnold, either sitting behind an older guy, or sitting behind an older guy. Yeah. Um, Sitting behind an older guy, and like Ben, Ben Rivers, I don't, I don't think he'll be back next year. But, uh, but yeah, um, so you know, I think that's it. And, and ultimately, that kind of also fits into our uh, discussion of where. You know, we think he's going to go. I think teams that are – there's actually Albert Breer. I don't agree with when he said that the Jets can get a second and a fifth for Darnold. I don't think that he'll go for that much. If he does, then bring it to me, baby. But all right. Uh, Let's go over what the initial tweet was, if I may. So, Albert Breer says he thinks Darnold gets dealt for a second and a third. He also mentions – the Colts, Broncos, Steelers, 49ers, and Bears as possible destinations. Yeah. I um, so I don't think we'll get a second and a third. Yeah. I, 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 hope, I hope we do with all my heart. But. And, uh, so, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a, it's an interesting conversation where it's yeah. going to go. It's definitely harder oh, okay. now with his trade the, value. Um, AFC North, I think the Steelers definitely could. 
Um, that could be an ideal situation. Let's see. AFC South. I, I could still see the Colts, even though I think they kind of like Eason. Um, I don't think any other team in the AFC South needs a quarterback, and I'm not counting the Jaguars because they're getting Justin Fields. AFC AFC East. Um, oh, wait. They're not training him in division. And AFC West. I definitely think the Broncos are interesting. I definitely – I think that's really – I mean, I think Darnold's better than I Drew mean, Locke, really. I'd probably say he's a little better than Drew Locke. Yeah. I mean, Drew Locke, he still has. I mean, th- after this week. Yeah, I could still see it. This but week, still something interesting. It was completely obviously better. Drew Locke had a great game. Um, and then <laughs> NFC North, um, I, I could see Chicago go for a run for him. Um. Only Detroit if Stafford if Stafford's traded and they don't want to draft a QB as high and they they um, they have Darnold instead and uh, let's see I mean Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, maybe Minnesota well I guess you could say maybe every team outside of the Packers so NFC South. Um, Falcons is kind of interesting. Yeah, but that's an interesting yeah. one to think about with the Falcons. And I, I think don't the think Saints are happen, also interesting. Because Drew Brees and Darnold will be stepping into a great situation. He has an ex- yeah. yeah, and I don't think Winston is either. I don't so. think they, I don't think Taysom Hill's a feature there. I like, so I like I like that a lot. NFC East, and yes, I'm calling it NFC East because it's terrible. Um, I actually could see a world he could go to the yeah. Cowboys because if Dak, I mean, if you're thinking about it, if he resigns to the Cowboys, then their cap situation is going to be atrocious. And yeah, I think that Sam Darnold to the Cowboys would be yeah, pretty that, interesting. That would be terrible. Yeah, I, 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 I could have saw them. I, I could have saw them doing it like around yeah. mid season, just because I think he still puts Dalton. them in a better situation than. Yeah, and then his face. football uh, team. Yeah, I think you can agree with me on that one too. Uh, I, I think football team would benefit from, draft, from, oh, from drafting a quarterback? From just starting new. And then again, like in round one, round two, because... Yeah. Well, I don't know if Zach Wilson's even falling that far, because remember... Uh, maybe drafting team, a guy you know, like Zach Wilson. The 19th pick now that they're in the playoff picture. I mean, I guess... I mean, obviously you have the route to trade up. So... I sure. could see that. I could, but football team is definitely one to keep an eye on. And then, yeah, and then, oh, I mean, I know Daniel Jones, but eh, I don't think he'd go to the Giants. Uh, um, and then, I, yeah, yeah, and then NFC West tires, the Giants, I especially when they're kind of like at the same Darnold level. Financially, too. is much better than Rock. <laughs> 
Darnold? No, I think Jimmy. I think that's like the perfect yeah. fit for the uh, for Sam Darnold. To a very run-heavy team. Yeah, going going to a. Yeah, to a team where he can Samuel, lean on the run game Samuel, and just try to throw a couple of one or two like good so passes. And you have a stable group of backs with Raheem Mostert, Jarek McKinnon, and uh, what the hell else is there? So he'd have a just a stable group. He'd have a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan. And he'd have a defense he can lean on, a very good defense at that. I know they've been injured this year and whatever, but they've they've obviously shown last year that they were a very elite defense. And also it allows the Niners to have some cap flexibility to make some further improvements to an already very, very good roster. Yeah, well, talk, not not gonna try to take up your guys' a day too much, and so that's kind of the end of the fall of Sam Darnold podcast. We both agree that it's necessary for him to try to get a new fresh start and become the quarterback that he has the potential to. And so this is going to be season one finale. I know podcasts aren't really gonna aren't really in seasons, but you know why not you know, get interesting. Have a great and night, so, everyone. I'm, William, I'm very excited for season out, two. Tyler. And many more great podcasts to come. Peace out.